Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, besties. What's up? How are you doing today? Give a little shout out to my friend Gina, if you're listening. <laughs> we had a conversation about her listening to the podcast and her saying like, when I when I say, hey, bestie, she's like, hey, like she feels like I'm talking right to her. Hopefully you feel like I'm talking right to you also. Um, how are you doing? What's going on? What are the cool jams? It's almost fucking May. I can't. Like, how is this year going? by so fast. Also, my little sister is turning 30. What the actual fuck? How did we get here? It honestly feels like it was just yesterday and she was like 10. It's weird how like me turning 42 didn't really make me feel older, but her turning 30 does. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but like I mean, I did love turning 30. It was amazing. And life was going along pretty good for like two-ish years. And then the rest of my 30s were literally a nightmare. Um, And if you listened to last week's episode about human design, there was something we actually didn't talk about on air, but we we did talk about after. And that's my profile type. And I'm a 6'2 role model hermit. And... What that means is like being in my 40s is that um, as a six, I'm in the second stage of my life, which basically goes from like 30 to 50. So like from that like Saturn return moment till your 50s. And it's the time to like learn and reflect. So it's kind of no surprise to me that I'm not necessarily crushing it over here because it's more of like an introverted time where we're sort of healing from the wounds of our early life. So that makes a lot of sense because that healing journey can be a bitch. My therapist keeps trying to um, do these like healing my inner child exercises and I'm so bad at it and I fucking hate it. I know it's valuable, but it's like really hard for me to like actually access like what what the work is supposed to be doing. Um, and he's very patient with me. But I literally said to him in our last session, I was like, I feel like I'm I'm really bad at this. As though you can be bad at something in therapy, right? Like, <laughs> so um, yeah. I look back at pictures of my 30th birthday party specifically, not like just being 30, but like the actual party. And I like wish I could go back to that moment um, because I had an amazing party. So many friends. Um, But then like, you know, everything kind of went sideways from there. So I don't know that I want to revisit my actual 30s. They weren't the best, the best of times. But here we are. We made it here. And where exactly is that? Well, today we're going to talk about responsibility. It's something that comes up a lot for myself, but also my clients, because when we're talking about creating the life we want, whether it's like job satisfaction or better relationships or, right, we're like trying to meet a goal. I work a lot on specific goals with people. How we show up and what we do is always a choice, and that is going to determine the outcome. But... The way it often shows up, this idea of responsibility, or 
what we're going to talk about today, which is like over-responsibility, like taking responsibility for things that are not our responsibility. So it shows up in things we're trying to control because we think we have more influence on them or more control over them than we actually do. And I think this is really hard for us because we want to feel like we have a sense of control. So the first example um, I notice it in is around health. Um, I've noticed it in my own health and I've noticed it in talking with clients about like health things that come up for them. And I am a firm believer in the fact that um, the medical industrial complex is not really incentivized to to make and keep us healthy, right? Like that's not really what they're there doing. Um, and that unfortunately, we have to do a lot in this country on our own to manage our own health in a way that makes us more responsible than we should be for what's going on with us in terms of our health. I think it also makes us skeptical of medical interventions because like medicine is a for-profit enterprise. That, coupled with the idea that we are responsible for our own experience, can make us believe that we have more control than we do, and it can result in us trying to solve things that aren't within our power to solve or at least not fully. And we also really need to think about who benefits from this, right? Like if I think I'm a problem and I'm also the solution to the problem, who's benefiting from that? In this case, around our health. My mental health journey is an example of that. So I've mentioned this before, but I thought it was just a personal failing that I could not think my way out of depression, right? I just needed to like, try harder. If only I was better at meditating. But what I've realized is that there are things out of my control in regard to my depression that I can get extra support from in the form of medication that then make the things I can control, like exercise, meditate, coaching and therapy, more effective. One might call it a holistic approach, (laughs) right? Like I'm using both Western medicine, um, actual pharmaceuticals, coupled with all these other things. So I'm relying on outside things, right? The medication also on like like other people, therapy, like my, my therapist, a coach. And I also have my own agency. It also means that I have to do some extra work though, to find people that I trust to be my partners in health. And that's not always so easy because of the way like our medical system and our our health insurance system is set up. And I'm lucky to have health insurance, but I pay a lot of money for it. And still, it's difficult to find providers that I feel comfortable with. So, right, like that is something that then is put on me as a responsibility in terms of work, extra work that I have to do. And so I think that's where like, it makes it really easy for us to open ourselves up to like the newest fad thing that like on Goop, right? That like Gwyneth is selling us or like our favorite like wellness influencer. It makes us like susceptible to like wanting that to work, right? There is simultaneously this belief that we have to solve everything but that it requires like this magic elixir or something, right? That is going to be like this cure-all for all of our illnesses. 
And it's like always going to be something new that's like got like these like spurious health claims, right? So if you're taking something that claims to cure everything from like your depression to your eczema, like brain fog, is that even a real thing? Like, I don't know, but it sometimes feels like my brain is foggy. Maybe it is a real thing, right? It starts to make me question like what's going on with me. And then like, oh, there's a solution for that. And I guess, like, I need to be responsible for that. You know what I mean? So, like, we end up in that thing. I was just reading something about, like, a magnesium supplement that has all these, like, health claims. And, okay, like, maybe, maybe it does help. And I'm not going to tell anybody what they should do or not do with their own body, right? But, like, I looked it up, and magnesium deficiency is very rare. So, like, I don't know if this magnesium supplement helps or not, but I do take one sometimes to go to sleep at night along with my melatonin. I also went on like a Facebook rant the other day about collagen. Like I started taking collagen because my sister was like recommending it. And, but then like I had forgotten to take it. And then I was like, oh, like there's all these things that you have to do to like, you know, keep yourself healthy and like, you know, mud water, like mushroom supplements and collagen. And right, like we probably just all need more water. Like maybe we just need to be drinking more water. And I think this is the issue with like, you know, health stuff is that we actually, you know, again, we don't have a lot of control over what happens to us inside our bodies. And I I don't know that I've talked about this before, but like with being a dancer, it becomes very clear, right, that like, you don't have control over your body in the ways that you wish you did. And I think that can be really scary when it comes to like major health stuff. And so, We want, again, to feel like there's something more that we can be doing. So especially when we're not supported by our healthcare system, I think more than anything, it becomes sort of like something that provides us with like emotional safety in that we feel like we're we're actually doing something. And maybe we are, but I don't know that like one supplement is going to be responsible for major health impacts like across your entire system. And then the other side of that is I see so many people stress themselves out trying to be so perfect in their routines that are supposed to be improving their health and the quality of their life. When in some ways, I I think this belief that they need to be so vigilant is actually doing the opposite and creating more of a problem for them in terms of the way they're experiencing their life. Another place I see this, and I'm totally guilty of this, is taking responsibility for other people's feelings and experiences, and not in a way that you probably think. So I'm of the belief that we are responsible for our own emotional experience and that other people and others' actions can be a trigger for that, but that, but not necessarily the cause. So like, no one made me feel any way. That's happening because of like whatever's going on inside me, right? It explains why some days your partner can do something that you're totally fine with. And then the next day, it sends you into like a rage. It's not really their behavior. It's your interpretation of that behavior filtered through whatever else is going on for you that day. Or maybe other things that are going on. Like I know sometimes if we're, if we don't speak up for the things that like, like bother us and we don't learn how to communicate about that and we don't learn how to set boundaries or ask for what we need, then we can end up exploding, right? When someone does something really small, is it their fault that we're upset? Probably not, not in that moment. Like maybe they were being a dick, right? Like you can, people's behavior can be really shitty, but like 
there could be something else going on. And I always say, like, if it's hysterical, it's historical, right? Either meaning it's something that's being triggered from, like, the way, way past, or it's something that you've been, like, building up over time, not addressing. But what I'm talking about is when we try to control their experience in a way that is not ours to control, right? So I am responsible for the way I show up in a relationship, but I don't want to be trying to micromanage someone else's experience. And many of us learn these kinds of like people-pleasing and codependent behaviors as a trauma response, and then they become sort of part of our default and we don't realize we're doing it. And I think sometimes it's really harmless, But like one I've been guilty of is taking all the responsibility for the health of a relationship and believing that like if anything is like not right in the relationship, then it's my fault. And one of the things that feeds into this is that like I believe because I'm a coach and I've had lots of therapies and I have all these tools that like I should be taking the brunt of the emotional work in the relationship Um, I literally had a client say that she didn't want to discuss something with her ex because she felt responsible for her ex's experience. And her words were literally, I can handle it. I don't think he can, right? Like there's this idea that he can't handle his own emotional experience. And I bring this up because she's also a coach. So I think this is a thing with coaches or like helping people, like people who are in helping professions that we oftentimes believe that like, we need to be like taking responsibility for the whole experience instead of like just cleaning up our side of the street. We really need to let other people deal with their own selves. And for me, it was around like healing my trauma. So like healing my trauma has been very emotional. And I felt like it was my responsibility to never be triggered and to be able to fully manage when I was so as not to make others uncomfortable. And it goes back again to this like individualism that like I need to fix things on my own and not need help. But also this other thing of I can handle myself being triggered, but you can't handle me being triggered. It's very ungenerous when you think about it. Like, why am I thinking the people in my life, right, don't have the tools themselves to be able to handle these sort of things? And now, maybe that is historical, maybe like, not maybe, like my parents definitely did not have the tools to handle their own emotional experience if I was having a hard time. And that's how I learned that like me having an emotional experience is not okay. But That's not what I'm dealing with now, like in my relationships as an adult with like my partner and my friends. So I actually can like give these other people the benefit of the doubt that like not only that like can they like handle like me, but they also can handle themselves. And I don't need to take responsibility for removing myself from the situation so that they can like be at peace. The last place I want to talk about this showing up is in marketing and in client results. So for my clients that have businesses, they worry about how people are going to like receive their marketing. Um, And they worry about like the results that like they're going to be selling to their clients and maybe not knowing whether or not their clients are actually going to receive those results. And that is not on us. Yes, we need to give value. And that includes like understanding what our people are struggling with and helping them with solutions. But we cannot guarantee they will be helped by the content 
or the coaching or the whatever that we put out in the world. Like, I hope this podcast helps people, but whether it does or not is not entirely up to me. It's also up to you, the listener. Oftentimes, one of the reasons why, like, I guess you could consider this podcast like a self-help podcast or like self-improvement, right? I think it's more than that, but whatever. Like, that's just splitting hairs, right? (laughs) I think one of the reasons why this kind of work, right, whether you're like, like you're getting it from a podcast or a book or an Instagram meme is because people don't take action. People feel like they're doing something by consuming, but it's passive action, Remember what we talked about in the compare and create episode, right? Like it's okay to consume other people's content, but let's use it as like the catalyst for us creating something new, right? Instead of just like tricking ourselves into believing that we're moving forward by consuming other people's content. So that like if your desired outcome is to make something, right? And in this case, it's to make a change in your life, then We need to be willing to take action and fail and try again. And that's sometimes the missing element. So I've decided to hand back the responsibility to my audience for comprehending what I'm saying. And I'm going to meet them halfway by attempting to say things in like a clear and uncomplicated way. But we both have to do our work. Like, and for me, I never feel underserved if I like also have to Google something while I'm like reading or listening to a podcast or watching TV. Like, I'll take responsibility for my education on that part. Like, I don't need every single person who I'm listening to to think of all the points where I might like need education. And on the other side of that, like, I do try to think about the things that I might need to educate my audience about if I'm introducing something new, right? And, like, where is the appropriate place to do that? Sometimes, you know, an Instagram post is not the appropriate time to do that. But if it's something that's really important, I want to think about how I'm going to get that information to people because it is important for me to do that. But then, like, I'm also going to, like, have belief in my potential client or my customer or my audience that they're going to be able to understand it. I don't want to talk down to them. I don't want to be believing that they're not going to be able to like resonate with what I'm saying to them. Because if I'm believing that, then I'm talking to the wrong person in the first place. So the concept that is going to help us here kind of like manage this taking more responsibility than we actually have is the concept of radical acceptance. And it's radical acceptance of what is not in our control. Because when we can do that, it reveals what we do have some influence over and what it is worth our time to focus on. So another kind of health thing that's been going on with me is like my teeth and gums. Like I've been having issues with that. And We're trying to figure it out. And I've been going to my regular dentist and I've had to go to a periodontist. And, you know, I do my home care. And, like, there isn't anything wrong with my routine. And it just could be, like, the way that my body is built. It could be genetic. And, right, I'm doing all the things on my end that I I have responsibility for and I can take responsibility for. But I'm also not, like, going, like to the extreme with trying to solve this problem entirely on my own. And like, I'm like, I'm not doing oil pulling. And if you do oil pulling, that's fine. Do oil pulling. Um, I just don't know that like there's any actual science like out there, like that 
that that does anything or it actually works and maybe it does. And if it works for you, that's great. But like, I don't have, that's not something that's like that I'm willing to do. So that's another thing we have to think about or like, what are the things that we're willing to do and the things that we're not willing to do and what's, what's available to us. Like I have the ability to see this periodontist and, and, her try to help me figure out what might be going on. And it might turn out that like, for whatever reason, the way my body works, I need to go to the dentist more often. I might need to go four times a year instead of two times a year. But we're going to figure that out together. But I think that like, by me accepting that there is something going on here that I don't have control over, it's allowing me to really lean in and say, okay, this is what I do have control over. This is what I'm going to like, focus on for myself. And this is what I'm going to outsource. And hopefully, we're going to get somewhere. And if not, there's not much I can do about it. And I have to be able to let that go because it's what? Out of my control. (laughs) So I hope this is making sense in terms of like, how to use the tool. I think in relationships, again, someone else's emotional experience is completely out of my control. And so I need to hand that back to them. And I also then want to focus on the things that I do have control over, like not being a dick. And if I am, apologizing, right? So that is within my control. And also not trying to keep myself, like my true self, away from other people because I believe that they can't handle it. So that's responsibility. That's us really claiming what is ours to manage and letting go of the things that we're really not going to be able to do anything about so that it frees us up in other areas of our life. Maybe that means we can relax more. (laughs) I want that for you. I want you to be able to relax more. So I hope you have a great and relaxing weekend. And um, exciting next week. I thought it was this week, but it's not. Next week is going to be like officially a year of podcasts. So it will be the 53rd episode, but I like threw out a bonus episode in there at one point. So like this is the 52nd episode, but next week will actually be the one year of You Need a Coach Bitch podcasts. What? I can't believe it. I can't believe that I've been podcasting for years. It feels so crazy to me. Um, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be. Like, maybe a little celebration. Maybe I'll do, like, a, a best of. Maybe if you all want to participate, listeners out there, and you want to email me some of your biggest insights from this podcast over the last year, I would love to hear from you. So you can email me at chris at com. That would be awesome. And maybe I can share some of your insights on the air. I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you next week on our one year celebration. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.